Do you smell what the rock is cooking? The rock says, the rock says, the rock says, the rock says. The rock says, the rock says, know your damn role. Bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Oh, hey there. How you doing? Yeah. All right. Benny, what up, baby? It is a beautiful night here in uh, beautiful New England. It is finally starting to become that little uh, fall. You can almost like taste it in the air. A little chilly last night. I had a hoodie on. Ooh. We're getting we're getting close, my friend. I can tell it's been a long day for you because you're kicking off by talking to yourself. Um, <laughs> yeah, one of those days. <laughs> we had the false uh, start to autumn here last week, for a little over a week. Crisp in the morning. It still got up to the mid 80s during the day, but after being in 100 to 110 degrees for two months straight, 80 degrees feels like winter time. But uh. Starting yesterday and all this week, it's like 90 to 95 again. So it's like, fuck. <laughs> and just like that, we're right yep. back in it. So it's still hockey weather because I've been able to watch my boys in New York play two preseason games. The first one, not so good up in New England. Second one was pretty good last night at home against the Islanders. So we're almost halfway through preseason. Uh, getting to hockey, that counts. So, of course, that means... We got to continue our kind of off-season review, uh, like initial big picture thoughts for each division before we delve into our season predictions and preview the week of opening night. But before we get to that, if you will indulge me for one moment here. Oh, sir, I am in all, all ears. <laughs> you know, Paul Bissonnette has to go on to chicklets and continue to talk shit about my boys i don't know if you saw the uh they're talking about not it wasn't even like a full i guess preview or predictions episode but they were talking about the rangers and uh what casually just brings them up and then bisnet goes on like a two and a half minute rant about how they're going to miss the playoffs that Igor Shesterkin's going to demand out because he's tired of saving their ass. They have no depth. He doesn't like any of their guys. Uh, the team is a fraud. The coach is a fraud. The fans are a fraud. And again, taking the Rangers out of it, how can you employ a guy who speaks like this about one of the marquee franchises in the sport and then have him on your national TV network and partner trying to be impartial and trying to get interviews with players and arrangers and the coaching staff and Laviolette and take him seriously. I said this to you over a text message about the whole Mike Babcock thing Mm -hmm. when he says, this is a player's podcast and I will always defend the players. 
that's great if you want to be a player's podcast, but you can't be a player's podcast and be on national TV representing the league. You got to choose one or the other. And this is why, like, even on TNT, he's the, he's the class clown because no one takes him seriously. He's there to be the little goofball and be the idiot and the court jester and make everybody else laugh and go, oh, Biz, what a funny dude. Let's get on to some real talk now with Anson Carter and Henrik Lundqvist. So you got to pick one or the other. And this weird obsession he has with just shit-talking the Rangers is really odd. Maybe it's because they didn't give him a, a two-way deal to play in the AHL for 65 games back in his playing days um, and then call him up so he can get three and a half minutes a night. But I don't know what it is. It's just odd that we're going on now three years of him spelling doom about the Rangers uh, and his comment about Shesterkin. Yeah, he's going to want out just like Henrik Lundqvist spent – almost two decades with the Rangers, and he was literally the backbone of the team. If the if Lundqvist had the team we had now in front of him in his prime, we would have won a Stanley Cup. So Igor has nothing to complain about, and I doubt he's going to be the type of guy to force his way out. But again, this is coming from a guy who didn't know that Shesterkin was a good puck handler until the playoffs two years ago. Now, I, I did not hear the episode, but my only rebuttal could be is is this like him trying to get in Hank's head for that panel? Or j- just a preface as to what's going on? Or my only other thing is we got to be a little realistic here. And I can't take a guy who is going to point fingers at certain teams as to improvement, unimprovement, blah, blah, blah but promised to get circumcised when <laughs> his team that he selected, his almighty Maple Leafs, uh, were going to win the cup, what, three years ago? And yep. they were bounced again in the first round. Or they, yeah. it was, they were getting out of the first round and he was going to snip it off, whatever it was. Yeah. But, I mean, then never followed through with it. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, if you're promising the view, you want clicks. I mean, that's clicks, my friend. You, you could live stream that. But um, <laughs> yeah, didn't it, happen. It, and then the next year he promised it again. It didn't happen. I mean, at what point is it just searching for clickbait? Like I just yeah. Oh, that's the thing. It's like that's why I say you, you can't have one foot on both sides, right? You either are going to be the clickbaity podcaster who, granted, because of their playing days, and they were good, him and Wit were good locker room guys. They have a lot of friends around the league. They get good interviews, things like that. But you can't – there's a difference between – like obviously I'm a Rangers fan and obviously you're a Bruins fan. And if we had if we had the reach that Spit and Chicklets had, we would still do analysis. But we would have to keep it – and we were both working for TNT or ESPN. We would be able to be critical and make analysis and make predictions and give our opinions – but it would have to be based on something other than this irrational Ranger fans are frauds. The organization organization is a fraud. Like what kind of analysis is that outside of just trying to stir the pot, like you said, and then he's going to go on national TV when the Rangers are on TNT playing a national TV broadcast. And then he's going to try any criticism he gives while on TNT is 
moot because of what he says on his podcast. You can't take it seriously. And that's a problem when he's supposed to be a player's voice for TNT's in-studio team. So if you're already eliminating his opinion about an original six franchise, he kind of loses his value there. I just... uh... I will I will give him credit where it's due that his team has finally now like improved. I, I thought the Maple Leafs have now made significant improvement this offseason. But to put in other perspective as to what he feels about other teams of not making improvement or I believe the, the word they use is, is fugazi. In, yeah, he, uh, says, fuck the, he said fuck to fugazi on a podcast. Like, really? I just, I don't, I don't know. I've never been a, a big uh, Fugazi guy. Just, I, <laughs> I, I just, I mean, your last name is Bissonette. You're, you're basically French, and you're trying to pawn it off as Italian. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. But um, just because your team finally made improvements, you can't, you know, throw shade at other teams that yeah. one year after. I just, I don't, I don't appreciate that. I'll tell you when my team sucks. I'm not afraid to admit. I'll that. say, you know what? I know it'll never get to them. I know this this will live in our little universe with our listeners and me and you. If the Rangers miss the playoffs this year, I'll get his name tattooed right above my ass. How about that? Now that's hot. So I'll get a tramp stamp that says Biz Nasty if the Rangers miss the playoffs this year. I, you know, I didn't see this churn happening. <laughs> but, at, but at this point now, I'm kind of almost hoping they don't make it. <laughs> so we'll see. You know, if we had the ability to communicate, what are you going to put on a line? How about this? If the Rangers make the playoffs this year, he cannot record another podcast for spent chicklets. He has to retire. Shoot that at him. I, well, I mean, listen, we know he backs off what he promises. We, we yeah. already witnessed that. So, So that would be my offer. A lifelong tattoo of your name as a tramp stamp, or you can finally stop polluting my fucking hockey universe with your shit takes. One or the other. I am so anyway. intrigued. This is <laughs> a great year. <laughs> anyway, so we'll get into our central division uh, kind of offseason talk. We'll start with uh, most improved. So... Whatever that means to you, it could be additions, it could be health, it could be coaching, whatever. Which of the eight teams in the Central do you think improved the most? Not necessarily meaning they're going to win a division, but which team do you think improved the most? Sorry, I didn't know which division we were jumping to at first. It it kind of (laughs) went all over the place there. (laughs) Uh, You know what? For improvement, which is ironic enough in in this division, I mean, I'm going to have to say... It's most definitely not the Coyotes. I'm going to go out (laughs) on a limb here. But one thing that I think makes the Avalanche the possibility of being even scarier than what they are before is reuniting Nathan McKinnon and Jonathan Drouin. The tag Mm. team that used to be up with uh, when they were playing together in junior there up in Halifax, I'm just like, if they can get lightning in a bottle the way that they they were lights out in junior together, I think it puts them significantly past everybody in this division. Um, 
I like the addition of Nashville bringing in O'Reilly, but I also think that they had a lot more exit than what came back in yeah. in return. So I'm just kind of, mm, I don't think one guy's going to change it for you. But as for everybody else in that division, I mean, lineups haven't really changed there. I mean, they, they kind of stayed basically the same. Like, yeah. just, that's one division that, it's always a tough division. It always comes down to Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota, Nashville, St. Louis, and Winnipeg's always there, too. And then, at least as of the last couple of years, Chicago and Arizona aren't even getting a sniff. Um, yeah. And, I mean, the easy way out is, well, Chicago is going to be the most improved because you can't get much worse. And with Bedard and some of the guys they brought in the, in the offseason, they could have, like, a 30 30- point improvements you know what i mean but they yeah. still would miss the playoffs by a lot <laughs> mm-hmm. um so that's an easy one there but i agree with you with colorado i think i was gonna say Julian, if it's all health of him like even last year in montreal he's always been a playmaker he's not much of a goal scorer um the injuries haven't helped in that department either but he had 27 assists in less than 40 games and then he got hurt missed the rest of the year so if you're Colorado, if you get 65 games out of them, you could get a 40-point player. And that's a pretty significant addition to your lineup for a million bucks, essentially. Yeah. Um, the other thing for Colorado is last year they didn't have a true number two mm-hmm. behind McKinnon. And I know they're out with – they're missing Landeskog again, but – Johansson, Johansson, I think, is going to have a bounce back. I think he's going to be a 60, 65-point player. I really, really like the Miles Wood addition. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not Me. going to be – yeah, he's not going to be a 20, 30-goal scorer, but he's the top guy on your third line. Even if he gets bumped down to the fourth line, if some of the younger guys uh, kind of bypass him on a depth chart, that's a pretty good addition there. And then also – Health. You're going to be having Gerard back. You're going to have Manson for the full time. You're bringing in Jack Johnson as basically your seventh, eighth defenseman, which is pretty solid. And then Taves is going to be around. So just getting average goaltending from Georgiev. And even last year, they finished with, I think, 110 points, 109, points. To say that they're going to be the most improved, that could put them at like 118, 120. So it's not a huge point improvement, but it's just an overall like, oh, like okay, they got their swagger back here. They're back to being one of the top three teams in the league. What, what do they call that? Team betterness? Yeah, just like team, uh, team oh shitness. When you see Colorado on a schedule, you're like, oh shit. <laughs> um, least improved. And now I know you touched on that with like most of the teams stayed the same. And again, this is for health injuries that happened over the offseason, guys that have left, things like that. Do you think Nashville is at least improved? Yeah, I guess I'll go with Nashville. I just, I think they did a great job with getting Duchesne off that roster. Uh, like I said, I mean, the addition of O'Reilly is big for them down the middle. I, I think you're going to get a lot more out of him than you did from Duchesne. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. But outside of that, I mean, like, yeah, I just uh, for a first year in 
They bring in Andrew Brunette, which I like. Uh, I like that yeah. coaching move behind the bench. They bring in Barry Trotz, who is very open as to he wanted to have playmakers in on this roster. I just don't think they have the complete turnaround that nope. they believe that they did. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that now that Trotz is a GM, he's all about offense. When he was a coach, he basically suffocated any type of creativity. Close the door. (laughs) (laughs) He brings in Brunette. He says like he wants to change the reputation of Nashville hockey into being one of the best offensive teams in the league versus always playing a strong defensive game. So during that transition, I'm still surprised that O'Reilly went there. Like if you're trying to win a cup, realistically, Nashville is a long shot to uh, win a cup, even to even win their division. So kind of a surprising move there. He, he might get flipped again at the deadline. Who knows? My least improved is the Blues. Okay. You bring in Kevin Hayes. I know he's a good guy. His time in New York, he was a good guy in a room. Everybody likes him. But he's not going to really move the needle there. You have Buchnevich, who looks like if everyone's healthy, he's going to be back on his right side where he belongs, not at center. Brendan Saad, how much can you expect out of him at this point in his career? Sammy Blaze in your top six. Like, I like Thomas, I like Cairo, but basically your third, you're bringing the Hayes to be a 3C if everyone's healthy. You have Kapanen on your third line, so it's basically the reclamation line. And then you have unproven guys on your fourth line. You have Ron up there, but is he going to give you a full year or the majority of the year? He could surprise a little bit, so maybe he earns some top six time. Um, in goal, I've never been a Bennington fan. I know they won a cup with him, and he's been solid, but he's always been the type of goaltender that is – equal to the parts around him and not the guy that's going to carry you. And the last couple of years have proved that beyond just his health injuries, uh, health concerns. And on defense, Pareko is on a downslope. He's overrated at this point and he's overpaid. Nicoletti is pe- on a downslope, overpaid. Falk, overpaid. Krug, overpaid. And does they don't even want him there. Scandella, overpaid. So it's like... You got nothing on the back end. They're all serviceable, but no one's a true top pair defenseman. Pareko is going to play there by default, probably with Krug if he's still there. I know he has the recovery. So it's just nothing exciting there. I love Ruby as a coach. I don't think they're going to get into the basement. I don't think they're going to get embarrassed on a nightly basis. But when you're in a division with Colorado and you're in a division with Winnipeg, who even with the big trade, they're still on paper all around more talented. It's just, you're kind of in purgatory there of you're not bad enough to get a lottery pick, but you're not good enough to make the playoffs. You're going to be stuck in that 12 to 16 range for the next year or two until you finally commit to a rebuild. And touching on Winnipeg, I mean, this team to me on paper should be relatively good. Should be. Yeah. Should I said be. that last year and a year before then, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's like last year, it seemed like whatever had transpired in the room there got a little ugly. Uh, I know that, uh, Jesus, uh, I spaced on his name. 
uh, bonus w- was very open at the end of the playoffs in his press conference. They take the captaincy away from Whaler. Um, they ship out PLD. They shipped out PLD. I like, you know, they can put Alex Ayafalo and Velarde right in that lineup, which I like for them. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're a little bit better. I always you saw love- Kyle Connor. You saw Perfetti, who's still there. You saw Shifley, who's still there. Morrissey's still like Hellebuck is still there. Like this is still a good team. It's just like weird vibes. That's what it is, and it's like, is it gonna be okay? Like, is Shifley gonna be okay? Because allegedly he was gonna be on the move this off season. And I always love our boy who just ends up wherever in this world, Vlad Nemestikov. I, I mean, <laughs> he'll probably get dealt again at the deadline, even though he signed for a seventeen straight deal. year. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> just one of those guys that, that's always there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested to see as to where Winnipeg finally falls when it's all said and done. Yeah, and it's like if Bonus obviously had these discussions with the front office around changes to be made, and everybody thought that meant they were going to blow up the entire roster. And I'm sure they checked on the market for Shifley and Hellebuck. But the fact that they kept them, one, shows that they're not – tanking two that they still highly value those guys to the point of nobody met their asking price but three the only two real core guys that they shipped out were a wheeler by buying them out and they shipped out pld who didn't want to be there anyways yep i know but were those the two problem guys in the room and if that's the case your captain was one of the problems like that's a big issue and you know, bringing it back to my boys, what does that mean for him in New York? Well, I, I just wonder the other thing. Do you do you think it was the response that he gave them after Bonus gave his, where he's like, you know, I think that's bullshit and that should stay in the room. They're like, oh, geez, the captain just went, went against the coach. Like, was it just going to be highway to hell? Like, they were just going to go at it at some yeah. point, so it's just easier to get rid of them? Like, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, because... Then it's uh, unless they have a clear, you know, bearing of the hatchet. It's again with Winnipeg weird. Winnipeg vibes should be their team because (laughs) no matter what they do, it's like nobody knows how to predict it because it was like St. Vancouver for those few years. Like they should be better than what they are, and yet they can't get over the hump here. So, um, yeah, I mean. That kind of segues into the other topic for our t- discussion. Team most likely to make a jump. I have Winnipeg. And I know they made the playoffs last year. And I know they ended up the end of the year with almost 100 points. So it's not like they're making a, you know, Buffalo-style jump that the Sabres made last year almost making the playoffs. But I just think if Bonus is still there, which he is, and they went into the offseason saying that changes are going to be made. And these are the changes that they made. They obviously chose bonus over keeping Wheeler. They shipped out the guy that didn't want to be there. But they kept the other guys that had trade value. They have a couple young guys. Connor's like the most undervalued goal scorer in the league. Nobody talks about this fucking dude. It's the, I just, that's the Winnipeg effect right there. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like Winnipeg... It's going to pull – like when St. Louis, all those years with Bacchus and Shattenkirk and Oshie, they can never get over the hump, and then they finally did. I think this is the year where Winnipeg 
finishes second in the division probably and ends up with like 100, 110 points. I, I'm on board with that. I, I think they're going to make some noise. As long as, yeah. I mean, this is always the, the understanding. As long as health is on their side, I think yeah. they could be good. So that's my pick for a team most likely to jump. So is that yours too? For, I guess for a jump from where they were, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll go with Winnipeg. All right, so last part, which is fun. Team with the best uniforms in a division. This is the home and aways, not the reverse retros, no thirds, anything else like that. Consistent home and aways. Who do you like the best in the division? I, I must say, I think that's the one thing Chicago takes out of this division. Is that. <laughs> I think Chicago... Dude... Those jerseys are okay. <laughs> I like the color. I like the contrast with the logo, uh, with the feathers and everything. They're red, white, and black. Okay, good. They're nice. I my favorite in a division. I don't know if, how you're gonna feel about this. I'm going with the Coyotes, my man. Listen, I'm okay with the purple Kachina. Like the original purple Kachina, like I'm okay with it. It is not overstepping the red Blackhawk jersey. That shit is just the way it is. But I mean, th- there's a difference of opinions. That's okay. But you're wrong. So it's fine. Uh, yeah. It's fine. Maybe it's just I've been hearing since we were born the Blackhawks are the best in the league that I eventually I get to a point where I'm like, there has to be something else besides them. Like. <laughs> There are um, some good choices, but I mean, there's, I mean, that the one thing, one, the one change I would make to the Coyotes with their when they went back to almost their original uniforms, they got to get the pants out of from being the dark green because it, when you're watching them on TV, they look like they're just wearing all black because all the colors are dark when they're in their homes. You got to get some color pop in there. You got to get the dark forest green pants out. You got to put some desert bright colors in and get moving here. Get it moving. All right. So, all right, we'll move to the Metro. So the Atlantic division is going to be our sole preview. Well, review next week. Um, so we're going to move into the Metro now. Got some soul. <laughs> so again, same parameters as you talked about the central, which team is the most improved? See, I think even at the deadline it happened last year, I think New Jersey far and away is just the top, top of this division. Actually being able to lock down Meyer and Brat makes them a lot better. And I just think this year, after all the additions, everything that has happened down there, they are the cream of the crop in that division. Yeah, I mean, in terms of additions since the season ended, they brought in Toffoli. I know they kept a couple of guys, like you said. But outside of that, I mean, the big one was letting Severson go. I hated that prick, man. Like, he has such a punchable face. Um, so they're basically giving his spot to the other Hughes. Um, is Nemec going to make the jump, do you think? And Hughes are going to have two sub-23-year-old defensemen in your top six. This is Stanley Cup. Uh, contender i i think they're so top heavy on the offensive side that yeah I, you I have do. to um i just think the other part too and uh, i know a lot of people felt a certain way about this as to uh 
what will VTech give you this year? I mean, is he going to mm-hmm. have a year like he had last year? I don't know. I know a lot of people are expecting a massive year out of him. So we will see what is the final output. I, I just, I don't know. I, I think he was going to need to backstop them at times with them being a younger blue line. But yeah. the, let's see what how it finally ends up falling. I mean... The only thing I'm surprised he didn't bring say, in a goalie. Uh, see, I think Schmid did okay when he came in last year that I think that they were okay or comfortable with it. Okay. As to what could or can't happen. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point they're dealt. I, I'm not surprised by that. But um, the back end scares me a little bit. A little bit, I mean... <laughs> Just, a little bit. <laughs> just, just a little bit. I mean, listen, Dougie Hamilton is a great regular season hockey player. He, he's, not, he's not a, he's not not a strong two way guy. He's not built for the playoffs. Um, yeah. I've already Eagle said. Baller's not a franchise guy. I mean, Marino's Marino, not a top pair guy. I mean, Colin Miller, I mean, he's bounced around everywhere here. Your boy, Brendan Smith. Like, I think at some point at the deadline, they're going to have to get some help here on the back end. Yeah, I think they're placing a lot of hope in seeing what they get out of the two youngsters, like you said, leading up to the deadline. And their hope is they step into the two top four roles and solidify it. And then their backup plan is one or both of them aren't cut out for it just yet uh, for this year anyway. And then they have to sell some some futures uh, to shore that up. My thing is you can never, and I just realized this, I think New Jersey is going to be A-OK in goal. You know why? Oh, boy. Because they have a guy with the last name Dawes in the A. In the pipeline. So it has to to work. They'll be fine because whenever you have a Dawes, you have a new day. (laughs) Um, My most improved, um, again, this division, I think the Rangers had the most movement. For the most part, I know Philly shipped some guys out. Uh, Columbus made uh, – they have Fantilli coming in who looked great in the preseason so far. I'm going to have to go with Carolina. So you're going to get Tristan cough back and hopefully you have him for the playoffs. Um, I just like their overall forward group in terms of – development so again it's not most improved in the sense of a lot of free agency or trades but you're going to have cockney yemi given every opportunity to be the 2c you have jack jury who has some time under his belt from last year ready to step forward um seth jarvis taking another step and then the other addition he made is bunting and i think bunting brings the type of style of play like what miles wood is going to bring to colorado that for the most part carolina hasn't had in their forward group uh during this run here with Brindamore. so i think that's a nice addition there they got to keep esper foss to at this point one of the best four flying wingers in the game and then on the back end you bring in orloff they have basically nine starting caliber defensemen on their roster right now um, I know everybody has thoughts about D'Angelo, but he has two goals in preseason already. Like he's ready to go. The only 
spot again is in goal. And I know in the cap world, you have to make sacrifices of if we're going to load up on the front end or the back end, we might have to sacrifice elsewhere. And teams seem to be sacrificing in goal, hoping they just get average play. We'll carry them. But at this point, it's going on year four of Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta showing you that come playoff time, they're not going to carry you. No, I mean, Freddie needs to actually make it there and be healthy because it seemed like yeah. he always made the run in Toronto. And never since he's been there, he's never been able to give it a good shake. I'm honestly wondering. I, I do agree with you. I, I think their D is significantly better than everybody else in this division. But what are you going to get up front? Because it always seems like that is one thing with this team that from week to week, day to day, what is it? I just never yeah. know sometimes. And, Especially down the middle. They have a lot of potential, but there's a lot of risk there that if Kakniemi continues to show that he's nothing more than a third-line center and none of the kids step forward, you have a huge hole behind Ajo. Yeah, that's a big hoe. <laughs> so... Again, it's like what we said with New Jersey. They're taking a risk on the back end, and they might have to shore up at the deadline. Carolina's taking a risk down the middle. Um, they've never actually replaced Trocek since he left, so they might have to go out at the deadline again, spend more resources to go for another try for another run. Yeah, I just um, I don't think it's the coaching issue down there. Like, nah. there's all these other things. It's just I I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so least improved. Least improved. I am going to have to go with the New York Islanders. Mm. I just don't see exactly as to uh, they're boring. It, it is still the same team here. I mean, they've gotten older. They've stayed older. Nothing has changed. Um, Philly at least made some movement. Yeah. Pittsburgh at least made some movement. I mean, I, I guess even, I, I guess it's a toss up between the Islanders and Washington that, that the two of them just kind of stayed the course. N nothing has They're changed. They're just hoping here. that like the guys, the numbers on the back of their playing card gives them another lease at life for one more year. Yeah. I mean, the Rangers played them last night. And I know it's preseason. But the Rangers didn't have Heedle. They didn't have Choch. Well, they had Choch. They didn't have Heedle, Mika, Panarin. Um, all these guys up front, Fox and Truba and Lingren played, but they played sheltered minutes. Igor only played the first period. But in terms of pace of play, the Islanders had two shots in the first period. Through, six, uh, through two periods, their time of possession was four minutes and 37 seconds. Like, the Rangers weren't going hard, and they had a couple of their regulars in the lineup, but there was nothing being generated for the Islanders. And I know they didn't have Barzell in there, but they had Horvat, they had most of their other regulars, for the forward group at least. They had Pellick playing, Mayfield was playing, Varlamov was in goal, and it was just not good. Um, so... Like you said, they did almost nothing to improve their full group outside of saying, well, Horvat's going to be here the whole year, and maybe some of these other guys will catch lightning in a bottle. And they'll have the great goaltending and solid defense and nothing else. Yeah, just 
I don't know. I, I mean, maybe Lou's just getting a little bit older. I know they got some some of those contracts, and I, I know he feels loyal to some of those guys that have been there for a while. But this is not the old New Jersey Devils that he had built, and that team played the trap through the middle. And, hey, even though the lineup didn't change, they were still good enough to trap you, play their game, and win. Yep. I think this division's too good for that for them. And I mean, in at this point, it, we did it with uh, the Central. You got Carolina, you got Jersey, you got the Rangers, you have Pittsburgh. Everybody yep. else, sometimes shit, sometimes not. Like, <laughs> but they, they but they made a, a conscious decision to go in one direction or the other. Either they're trying to break into that top four. Or they're throwing in a white towel and they're saying, like, hey, listen, we're building for two years from now. The Islanders did nothing. <laughs> I just, uh, new arena, that fan base that, I mean, I hate, uh, and this is going to be weird to say, I mean, a, a fan base that actually expects something. I, I know it's not the biggest fan base, but it's like the diehards that are there. I mean, I, I think they deserve a little bit something. So yeah. it's just, I mean, brand new arena, like, Fuck, man, I don't know. There's just not a lot of excitement there that a coaching change might – I'm not saying they should have fired Lambert, but, like, there are teams coming into a new year that when you're trying to make your marketing push or you're posting on social media or you're making a pitch to uh, re-up your season ticket holders from last year, you can hang your hat on something. We have a new coach. We have a new goalie. We have a new hotshot prospect. We have a bunch of young kids. There's a lot of excitement. For the Islanders, you're like, hey, listen, Barzell's still here, and uh, we have and, a good goalie. And hey, and, <laughs> ma- and make sure that you always switch over in Jamaica Queens. Oh, never <laughs> change over in Jamaica. You missed your stop. You want to get off at Belmont if you go into the U- if UBS Arena. <laughs> yeah, just if you get off at Jamaica, you won't make it to the game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Again, fun part. Well, two fun parts. Team most likely to make a jump, and then favorite jersey in the division. Your uniform. See, uh, I guess this kind of goes back to the division before. I mean, what do you expect the jump to be? I mean, I guess I expect New Jersey to have a better regular season than they did than they had last year. Last year, they kind of, you know, sneak into the playoffs. I think they're going to be a lot better this year throughout the whole season. Uh, I mean, Carolina is not going to have a massive jump from where they were. They're still going to be, you know, one of the top two teams within the division. You guys kind of the same thing. So it's like, I don't actually know what to expect here with a jump. I mean, I I would say the Blue Jackets are going to play with some juice after getting rid of Babcock. <laughs> yeah, that, that skit you sent me, you know. Dude, that was a know. riot. Like, that was Joven. certified gold. Driving at Ford F-150, always have. But got to be better. Got to be better. And, you know, I am better. And the, and the players, they got to play better. You know, we got to be better. <laughs> when he said, what exactly were you looking for? What did you find? And he said, you know, which players were circumcised and which ones weren't. Dude, I was in tears. Like, that is a riot. So, for me, most imp- uh, well, team most likely to make a jump. I'm going to go a little off the – off the page here. I'm going to go with Philly. All right, Again, Torts got rid of the guys he didn't want, and now it's uh, just whipping them into shape. 
I think Torts being a good coach, the system that he has, he still has some talent uh, on that roster. Not a lot of talent, but Cam York, I think, is going to have a monster year. Um, we'll see what you get out of Couture, Couturier. But in terms of where they finished last year at 75 points, are they going to make the playoffs? No. Are they going to be a wild card contender? Not really. At least not un- not after Christmas. But I can see him making a jump to that, you know, 80 to 86 point range, which again, isn't like a huge jump. But in terms of that division, that gets you in a talk of for next year of, hey, we should, we might want to make some additions to this roster this summer and kind of get us into that wall card talk. And I think that's more than anybody's expecting out of Phillies this year. I think everybody expects them to be like first overall pick almost. So um, that's going to be my kind of off the wall shot. I I will say I expect a lot out of Farabee too. I I think Farabee kind of broke out last year with his goal scoring ability. And if he can continue that, I think it uh, will help propel them. Yeah. So favorite uniform. Favorite uniform in this division, and if, like you said, we're not going off third jerseys, we can't go off the reverse retro behind the back pass. And you can't use any of the Hurricanes' 18 other uniforms that they decide to wear every other year. Well, I was going to say, I was laughing about that, because at this point, you don't know which one is uh, their home or away, or which one's yeah. Canes, <laughs> or which one's Carolina across it. I'm going to go with Old Reliable. And I'm going to have to go with the Rangers blue home jerseys. Okay. Yeah, I loved, for some reason, I've always preferred the whites. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm not going to choose the Rangers just because I feel like that's an easy pick for me to do. So I'm going to go everybody besides the Rangers, who's left, who's my favorite uniform. And I'm going to go, it pains me. But I'm gonna go with the Islanders. Okay. The blue and the blue and orange. I know it's on an original six franchise, but they're back into that more traditional look and logo. I just think it's so recognizable. You can be flipping through the stations, and you'll go through and you'll stop on a game really quick, and without even looking at the score ticker, you'll know the Islanders are playing. Can, can I say? And I know, like I said, the like reverse retros and all this other shit doesn't count. But if you give me a good, like an older, like early 90s uh, Devils red and green, I I <laughs> might take it. I like the uh, their homage to the Colorado Rockies with the blue and a yellow and a red uh, with their Devils logo. I like that a lot. I will say, too, sexiest mascot in the league, Uh <laughs> the NJ Devil. Yeah, well, how many teams in the league still have a mascot? Like every one of them. Well, the Rangers don't. Well, the Rangers don't need them. I guess every other team has one. We have blades. Buffalo has a buffalo. It's just no. They're all still Phil- there. I know Philly's the most popular one because just how fucking psychotic he looked when he first came out. Um, yeah, but then the Kraken made theirs even more creepy than, <laughs> the, the, like, so I just, I don't know. 
Yeah. So that was just a thought I randomly had. I'm like, 32 teams in the league. Do you think more than 20 have a mascot? Oh, hands down. Probably okay. tw- 28 probably do. But right, I'll I mean, look into that after the, the ribs, though, like the abs on the NJ devil, like it, <laughs> it moves the and, needle for me. And I got to say, after a long night as the NJ devil, that glistening forehead, just want to give it a kiss. <laughs> I, I'm t- I'm, uh, I can't even keep going right now because I'm going <laughs> to knock this table right over. Well, you got to take a cold shower. That's what you got to do. Well, thank God the weather's getting colder. (laughs) So, all right. So next week, uh, we'll only do the Atlantic. And then the following episode, which will come out the week of opening night for the league, will be our full, here's where we think each team's going to finish. Here's some bold hot takes. Here's our playoff picks. Here's our award picks. Uh, First coach fired, all that fun stuff. And we'll basically do like a fire fire round of I'll throw questions that you like how many goals do you think Bedard scores over under this and then you do the same to me and we just kind of revisit that in April of 2024 and go we we don't know what the fuck we're talking about <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can giggle after as to what the actual <laughs> predictions were so all right so we'll get into that um again this off season was a little slower than usual because of the flat cap and everybody's just kind of waiting for next year um, so uh, really a lot of teams are, are just hoping for prospects to develop and potential coaching changes to make the difference and then reevaluate at the deadline. Yeah, I, I'm actually very, and I mean, it, it's a year away, but next year's free agent deadline. Like I am so curious to see what July one looks like next year. Just yeah, teams that have improved what they'd have. I know yet again, it's a long ways away, but certain teams that have already planned for money coming off their cap at the end of this season, heading into that mm-hmm. free agency. Yeah. That, that, that might have to be like a, uh, might have to be like TSN trade tra- tracker that day and just take the day off work and just see you, where everyone ends up. You know, who's going to have the biggest shit eating grin on July 1st, Stevie Y. Yeah, they, well, they're, they're gonna have like sixty million in cap space, <laughs> and he's gonna bring them all there. He's like, you know, he he kept saying that you know they're still not there yet in the rebuild. They're still not there, and then that's gonna happen, and he's gonna look like a goddamn genius. Yep, I remember that one trade deadline when I was still in Boston years ago, and I was basically texting you every thirty to forty-five seconds of like, uh, just got to this team. This guy to this team. This guy to this team. And you're just like rapid fire, not even getting the chance to respond to any of my texts until like three hours later when the deadline passed. And you're like, God damn, that was a lot of movement. (laughs) (laughs) Something was moving. (laughs) But all right. So we will, like I said, do the Atlantic next week. Any uh, other thoughts you have? Any shout outs, things like that? Uh, Just preparing for next week. I think when the week after when we finally give our playoff predictions, I think the Atlantic playoff picture looks the most different than any other division did from last year to this year. Ooh, interesting. I yeah. like that little tease. Yeah. I, I think there's going to be a lot of movement within that division itself. So 
I guess my question is, if we do the same format for the Atlantic, are we going to spoil your surprises for your predictions by saying most improved, most likely to jump, all that stuff? No, I don't think so. I, I okay. think um, I don't think it'll spoil predictions. I, I think there was a lot of teams that had gotten better. I think a lot of teams that stayed the same, which not good. It's a problem. <laughs> yeah, so... I, I do not believe that'll spoil anything. I think it'll just make uh, the week after that much sweeter, my friend. All right. Well, the last thing I have to say is, Biz, come at me, bro. Wow. I just, Sometimes it'd be like that. <laughs> Bye-bye. <sighs>